Welcome to a brand new episode of Get Real with Casey Kasem, the podcast that takes a look behind the scenes of the fantasy football industry through interviews with some of your favorites in the business. For this episode, I was lucky enough to get to sit down with Tim Hetke of JWB Fantasy Football. We talked about a lot of interesting things, including his experience at the Fantasy Football Expo, live drafting experiences, getting started in the content creator world, his love of basketball, being a Madden kid, and a ton more. Make sure to follow Tim on Twitter at nubs. That's double N's, double B's. N-N-U-B-B-S. Follow me at the Casey Kasem and the pod at get real underscore pod. This podcast is a proud member of the DAP Network. And now here's my conversation with Tim Hetke on Get Real with Casey Kasem. Come on in. There we are. There we are, see. All right. Hey. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? There we go. <laughs> I'm great. I'm great. I'm great. Trying to, you know, deal with this heat. I know you've been dealing with it as well because we're in the same part of the area, which is fun to be able to talk to somebody that is from around here, you know? Usually yeah, we, people... <laughs> we get to cope together, you know? Yeah. We, uh, we can share our, our, our sob stories together because we both have empathy for each other. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay, so if you're listening to this right now, we have a special guest tonight. They're all special, but I've met this guest, and he's a pretty rad dude. I asked him to come on. So if you want to go ahead and let everybody know how to say your last name, uh, because I, I have it written down, but I don't want to, you know, mess it up. So go ahead and let everybody know who you are. Yeah, um, my name is Tim Hedke. Um, I'm nubs on Twitter, double N double B's. And I have the best last name for telemarketers ever because it's really easy to identify who they are because <laughs> no one can pronounce my last name. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Yeah, I had to go on Scott Fishbowl's website to figure out what well, <laughs> I was like, okay, well, Timmy. Okay, well, I mean, okay, but I usually title these with names, whatever. <laughs> no, okay. Well, yes, nubs is a, is a, you know, very, very easy thing to remember. So Yeah, I, I got on Twitter like probably like nine years ago, but I didn't use it for forever. And my name was actually different. But I was like, when I started jumping in for, for fantasy football, I was like, I'm not going to have an FF in my name. Like, it's just not going to happen. And so the background behind my name is I actually am missing a fingertip. It got cut off when I was at a, a job like 10 years ago. Something, it wasn't even my fault. I actually had someone <laughs> run into me with the vehicle and they actually just sliced it off. So um, all my other, like my Snapchat and stuff like that when I was younger was nubs. So I was like, I'm just going to, you know, make it uh, for cont continuity purposes. I'm just going to use the same thing. Smart thinking. Mm -hmm. Hey, uh, well, you know, let's go into, because people are here to listen about uh, your journey in the fantasy football space. And I just want to know, and I'm sure they do as well. What got you started playing fantasy football? So I am, I'm the Madden kid who played franchise all the time. Like every white millennial male that's on Twitter that does fantasy football, that's over the age of probably 27. So I was always into building teams and I loved the idea of being like an NFL GM as like a dream job. My first love is actually basketball. So originally my first love would have been a, a basketball GM, but um, I, I just kind of shifted where it just football is more fun for me as I grew up. And so I was, was that way where, you know, building a team, doing the scouting, finding out where the, where we could improve this team. Like I was like rooting for the Browns because they're bad because like, it's like, what, what player in the seventh round could they get that would help their team? <laughs> no, originally I'm from Wisconsin. So I'm a Packer fan, but I also support the chargers as well. That's my AFC team. So yeah. I have a little bit of a, a split allegiance, but it's always going to be Wisconsin teams that I root for most. It was nice to see the Bucks finally win a title. 
Hey, uh, basketball fan since I was like three. But so I jumped in probably what 2005, started playing redraft. And I always was interested in Dynasty, but there wasn't, I, I don't want to be like, oh, in 2005, I was thinking about Dynasty because I didn't even think it was something that was truly available. So it was probably a little bit later than that that Dynasty really caught my attention. But I couldn't get people to play with me in my area. So I was like, uh, what can I do? So probably, I want to say like 2016, 2015, I jumped in a free one. I'm not even sure how I got into this league, but I jumped in a free one that was on Sleeper and I did my first ever Superflex Dynasty Football uh, start draft. And it went pretty pretty well, but I have a trade that I remember from it that will always blow my mind. I was at a Brewer game, and it was the day that Andrew Luck retired. Oh. And I had an offer out for Andrew Luck. And um, if you don't know about the Milwaukee Brewers, when you go there, you tailgate for like two hours before the game. So I wasn't really paying attention too much to the NFL news that day and didn't rescind the trade. And the trade never got reversed out. So I traded for a retired Andrew Luck. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, but that, that was, I think that was saints. like year, year like two or three of the league. So it was like the league was pretty established. And then I just like lost a bunch of value. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah. But we learn from our mistakes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, man. So, okay. You brought up basketball and that yeah. you liked basketball, loved basketball since you were three. Yep. What got you interested in watching basketball and did you play when you were growing up? What, what's the story behind all that? Yeah. Basketball is my first love. So I played it whenever I could, um, through like school, I, I ran cross country track, played basketball and I wrestled. So I did a bunch of different stuff. I really wanted to play football, but I wasn't allowed to. My mom's a nurse and she just knows better. So she never <laughs> let me do it. So the, the second best thing I could do was wrestling, but, uh, we were, what when I was younger, we couldn't afford a basketball hoop. So I actually just threw the ball like at a spot on my, my garage. <laughs> and so then if I needed to, I'd travel up to the park, like, like a good, like 15 minute, like jog if I wanted to play when I was younger, but it wasn't too bad, but yeah, I would say that's where, that's where it came from. And then like, just like going to games, things like that just got my attention because they're such great athletes. Mm-hmm. And just like the poetry in motion when like the offense is running well and like understanding like the structures of how defense defenses operate where they're, you know, it's not just, oh, it's not one-on-one. Like there's a lot of help defense and things like that where you're one pass away things and like things that, that impact the offensive players, decision-making, all that stuff like intrigues me. Like I've studied different offensive uh, um, principles before, like even like looking at like, like prints and offense and things like that. So it's always been an interest of mine, like just to kind of learn, teach and like, be more of a thinker of the game like i'd rather be the point guard making the pass than the guy making like the shot or the dunk because it's like i see the play and then i make it happen so that's always been my interest and so has that prepared you for the whole fantasy football side of everything (laughs) was being able to do that well yeah because i i transitioned into like I, i i like doing film study and like learning about different offenses different defenses and then kind of for me if i especially for dynasty and like making content now, I really like looking at traits and like seeing how players like fit into areas to where you might say this guy, like, you know, he amassed a ton of stats in college, but like his game doesn't translate. And we have to like ask ourselves, like, what does that actually mean? Like, does he not have the arm strength if he's a quarterback? Is he too small? If he's a running back, is he too slow? Was he just, you know, a big bulk carry guy who was just bigger than everybody else? Things like that, that kind of like build in like to like your evaluation process. And for me, that's just really fun. 
Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask if you were more of a film guy or what your specialty is. What do you really prefer when you're doing, we'll get into your content, but when Mm -hmm. you're doing content, what is something, what are you getting your hands involved in? So outside of fantasy football, I'm really data driven, but inside of fantasy football, I like to be more film driven because I think, I think analytics is a really nice way to comb through data when you're like looking for outliers or looking for specific players that you might not get your eyes on if otherwise you weren't prompted to do that. But I like to look at players more on an individual basis because I feel like there's a, when I, when I started using Twitter for, for fantasy football, it was more like just to get like news updates and things like that, try to get a leg up, you know, on my competition. Right. But I noticed that there was a lot of, I don't want to say cockiness, but there was a lot of, um, strength in one's opinions about their data. And it was like, um, they couldn't be wrong. And that was kind of a turnoff when it came to looking at even just analytics itself. Cause it's like, you don't know everything. And if you're looking at just like bulk numbers, like what happens if a a guy had a huge game and it was because his cornerback fell down, like what, how are we weighing that into our data? Things like that. So that's, that's the way I kind of take a step back from it. But when it comes to making a decision, like outside of fantasy, um, I'm very data driven because, you know, we want the best result. We want to make sure that we're most prepared for our, our decision. And that way we make the right one. That's most uh, beneficial to whoever's impacted by it. So I guess we will get into content now. How did you mm-hmm. start putting out content? What was your first foray for, I can't even say it, say it for me. No, I was Foray. See, we got to put that. See, we're a team. Sorry, it works. <laughs> we're a team it works you give me the words see he didn't know he's coming on here to get quiz i did that on purpose to see it's just some of the fun games i play during this podcast sure. well and we've interacted before and yeah. i've i've you know you've heard me talk so you know we, that i <laughs> not even that we've been in you know we've been in in fun situations where yeah. drinks are flowing and yes, sometimes sir. you know you you need help with oh, you yeah. know some words so yeah i mean it's I've, been a long day you know i gotta be on my toes yeah, <laughs> you, i'll yeah, tell you what though casey please. is casey is a blast in person so if well, you so haven't met you. her or if you haven't uh, had the opportunity to say hi, don't ever like be afraid to do so because she's very nice and she's very outgoing and she's very open to, you know, welcoming new people. She doesn't know. Yeah. Well, thank you. Same at you. If you guys ever get the opportunity to see Timmy in person, like definitely go up and say, Hey, for real, for real. That, <laughs> you have to say it time. like that though. Yeah, but you have respond. to say it like that. You yeah. have to. Okay. Unless... He won't respond. You heard it here first. Yeah. I'll okay. just be like, yeah. must not be for me. It must not be for <laughs> you. Okay, so uh, enough of, we'll get to the meeting and all that fun stuff mm-hmm. in a little bit, but no, the content portion of it, mm-hmm. how did that come about? So it's kind of a fun story. Um, for a while, I wanted to do stuff with some buddies of mine um, that I was roommates with for a while. And this goes back to like like years ago. So in college, they were one of like the, the people that had like the party houses and so they all, they always had like stories or drama going on. We also watched Jersey Shore and they would call it <laughs> Jersey Days. So we are like, we could literally have like our own show just based on all like the stupid stuff that goes on and like the, the personalities inside of our group. And then we're sitting around like the, in the living room around the, the, what is it, the living room table or whatever you want to call it. Just, you know, and our group of friends, we, we talk a lot of trash, but we also have a very intelligent group. So. I was always like, man, we should just start a podcast and like uh, just, you know, talk whatever we're talking about now and just record it. And people would probably find it really interesting. But that never got off the ground because I couldn't get buy-in from other people. 
So going into going into this, we'll talk about fantasy football stuff. Um, I joined a league off of Twitter that um, a friend of mine, now a friend of mine that was he was looking to fill at the time. I did not know who he was, and basically twelve people came together that that um, at the time didn't know each other whatsoever, and two of them, Dynasty Coach A and Crescent, it's uh, two o o nine, but it's spelt weird where it looks like Toonie is his Twitter <laughs> handle. They started a pod and I guessed on that pod and it was the first time I was ever on a pod. And it's funny because uh, at the time I just needed a place that was quiet. So I drove my car over to a McDonald's and I parked in the parking lot and I recorded with them on my phone, on my headphones in a parking lot, just so I had my own space. <laughs> and then it ended up being that Crescent's a teacher in California. He was just too busy. So I ended up joining up with Dynasty Coach A to record for a while. And at, at that time, I actually uh, was invited to record with another guy where he wanted to get back to recording. I was like, well, let's do it. I'll jump on with you. We'll do it every every week or so. So that's kind of how it started, where I was just on a couple pods with friends. We were just kind of almost making it just for our league mates or whoever else wanted to listen. And then the other friend, his name is Deshane's. You probably have heard of him. And anyone that listens to player profile, it's my friend Deshane's. It's actually Deshane's the guy I'm talking about. There was a joke for like a week about it that uh, Toronto David posted in, in chat. So it was really funny. But he ended up uh, getting too busy and didn't have the time to put in for the amount of quality he wanted to make uh, out of the pod. So he ended up stopping. And another group of friends of mine who are the JWB boys were mm -hmm. actually waiting in the wings to invite me over, which I would have just jumped in anyway with them if I was still recording with Deshane's. And that's that's kind of where we sit now. I've been with them for about a year, year and a half now, and it's been a blast. Like we we're able to put out dynasty content, we put out redraft content, basically anything that comes to our minds, um, they let us do, and it, it's really fun because there's no real limitation on the content we are are required to to talk about or like specific players or anything like that. But for me, going back to like the the coaching or the uh, the film study stuff. I like to talk about concepts concepts because I like to teach if I have the mm -hmm. opportunity and not in a way where like I think I know more than everybody else. But I just kind of like having those discussions because that's the real reason I joined Twitter in the first place was that I want to just be in the room to have conversations. I don't I don't care about follower count. I don't care about, you know, getting famous. And that's the best part about me is that if you want me on your team, I'm never going to try to steal, steal, steal the spotlight because I don't want it. So. Uh, it's just it's just been really a good experience. Um, like I said, we're on a bunch of shows, and one of the things I want to brag about with our JWB guys is that like we have a lot of successful guys in there. Like Tyler, he finished in the top five in like Fantasy Pros ranks last year uh, for redraft, and then Skylar and I we did a show during the season that was a sit start show, but we basically picked anybody that was like anyone that we picked had to be like outside the top thirty six wide receivers, top twenty four running backs, and basically if we picked a quarterback that was in the top twelve, we had to have him finish like in the top three or five or something like that. And we had a 70% accuracy percentage last year. So wow. we care way more about those than we do care about winning our own leagues because we want to, you know, we want to help people. And I right. think that's a, a way for us to do that. That's an outlet. Well, that, that's super awesome. And yeah, that's, a, oh, I like helping people too. That's why I mm -hmm. kind of put this podcast out to kind of give people behind the scenes so that, especially for the people that are just starting because mm -hmm. you don't know what to do. And like you said, you went find quiet spot, brought your phone, recorded in your car. That's just, you know, that's, I can remember, I can remember going into my closet and setting everything up and trying yeah. to make that work and trying to figure out the best place to record. So when you first went on and, and podcasted for the first time, 
how did you feel going into it? What were your thoughts? And, and then once you started podcasting, like how have you evolved? Well, I always loved talking. So for me, I was never like nervous about doing it. It was just more or less, did I have anything worth saying? I had to quite, I had to ask myself that. And now I kind of, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like bad about this, but I don't really, I don't really mind if people think what I say is valuable or not. I just like sharing it. And if you find value in it, then, you know, keep on listening because we want to welcome anyone that wants to, you know, participate in our group. Like we have a discord. So like, um, I think we have like close to 500 people in there now, which is nice because if anyone has questions, I, you know, if I have time, I'm able to jump in and answer where the other guys are a lot more active in there, mm -hmm. but like there's always the audience if you ever want to have a conversation and that's kind of what's important to me. So I would say for me, it's like, um, I don't, I don't think there was ever like a transition, but like, I'm always, I, I re-listen to the pods. So like, if there's something that I, I do poorly, I want to try to avoid that. Or, Hey, what is it that's engaging our audience? Like, is it a certain topic or is it a certain delivery? Like, do I need to change stuff? I always talk to Skylar FF Buffalo um, about our conversions when it comes to YouTube stuff. If, if our topics are the, or, or if there's certain shows that are doing better than others, because then it's like, whatever I can do to help the brand is what's important to me. I don't care about gaining my own like follower count or like status. That's dope. Yeah. Like having it. Yeah, exactly. Having a team, having a mm -hmm. family like that. That's, that's super rad. Mm -hmm. How do you guys brainstorm what kind of content you're going to put out or how do you figure out what you're going to talk about next? So there, the leadership up top is, is Wyatt and Skylar. I I'm going to have to look up their, their Twitter because I can't remember their handles we'll right put now. Put it exactly. in the, We'll put it in the notes too, yeah. so everybody can. But they're really organized when it comes to getting um, our basically our timelines ahead of time set up. So it may not be specifically player chosen at the time, but we have a pretty good idea about how, where we're going to be rolling to next, and just how to prepare best for those, which is really nice. So leadership up top inside of our group is really good, and it's really nice because Wyatt does all the networking. Where I, you know, I'll talk to anybody, but Wyatt really goes out to connect with those inside the industry to find guests or, you know, to get our name out there, things like that. So it's really nice where we kind of all have our roles as long as we're actively participating to help the brand out. However we can, it's been working out really well. That's awesome. Yeah. I, that's really cool. I am not one of those people that can come up with things and do all that, but like, it's really cool to see on the YouTube and see you guys interacting and having, you know, fun and talking mm -hmm. about fantasy football. Mm -hmm. How is it working with other people and, and having those people to kind of bounce ideas off of talk and kind of like not argue, but you know, get your point across their point across. How do you guys make that all work? Well, it, that's the thing too, is a lot of our, a lot of our takes are closely resembling each other. So if things that are different, like we have our, our ranks posted as a group on our website. So what's nice about that is, we can go in and just do a quick comparison as to what's truly different. And I've actually had conversations because I had Alexander Madison pretty low in, in my ranks just because I really don't think he's that good. And I'm not sure about him actually holding the role. So there were, there was conversations about like, uh, are your intentions to move him up? Things like that. So because we did differ and being that we have cumulative rankings, it's important that our vision is the same when it comes to the audience that comes in and sees it. So even if we have dis disagreements, we're able to still talk it out, you know, and even I, I might influence their ranks by, you know, talking about the, the, the inputs as to why I believe my position is this or my position is that. 
And I like another example. I really like Roshan Johnson. I'm the highest on our team. So <laughs> when it, when it comes to that conversation, like I'm pretty dug in, but that doesn't mean that they are or are not going to change their ranks. But they definitely respect when there are differences. Like you, I laughed when you brought up Roshan Johnson because I was just on a podcast last night talking about. Uh, they were asking me if I liked the pick, and I was like, eh, mm-hmm. I mean, where you got him? Sure. <laughs> <You know? laughs> So, was it was but, it a, a redraft pod? Like what were you guys talking about? Yeah, it was redraft. We okay, were doing a mock okay. draft. So, the, spoiler alert! I'll tell you guys more about it beginning of this podcast probably because I'm gonna have <laughs> the host on in a few weeks. Anyway, uh, so putting out content uh, is podcasting the only way you put out content, or do you have other ways of putting out content as well? I mean, I'll post sometimes on Twitter, but I more or less like to just come. Uh, com- converse inside the, the the dms because i think there's better people that do it better than i do when it comes to just posting you know takes or information like i could like i've i've gotten uh from friends that aren't inside of jwb actually that aren't, aren't even like participants on twitter that have told me like hey you should just like summarize like your video takes like in tweets and do the same thing but it's like i could do that but i just i really enjoy talking where mm-hmm. i mean i I can communicate through writing, but I think that it's just more fun for me to, to, I feel like you get, if you're, if you're, um, if you're potting with someone else, you get that immediate feedback. And I think that's a little bit fun for me, even if they don't agree, because then at least there is that back and forth where then who's ever like listening to it or whatever can almost engage in either side of the position. Or if we agree, maybe they disagree and they can put it in the comments and we can kind of write back that way. So I would say, I'm majority YouTube and, po- and podcast just because when it comes to the other ways to share, I don't think it's better for me. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I am on like TikTok to like watch videos, but like, I'm not yeah. creative <laughs> enough to like make videos. Like I don't even like light. Like I, I actually, I, I suffer from bad migraines. So when it comes to like getting direct light in my face, I just mm. can't do it. Like if I had like a ring light, it would just be like my personal. Oh health. my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I used to get migraines when I was a kid and I just remember it just taking me out for the rest of the day. And mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, very sorry. You have to deal with that. Um, but something that you don't have to deal with mm-hmm. is. See, I don't have a good transition there. See guys, I'm still working here. The transition. I, I'm actually, we're just going to skip all that completely. And we're going to go straight to YouTube because you did bring that up earlier. And I was very mm-hmm. interested in hearing more about that because I don't really dabble in that at all. Zero percent. I know there's lots of people that want to get started in that realm, but they just don't know where to get started or how to get started. What What's some advice you have for people that are trying to put out content on YouTube? Well, I would say have a plan, like know what you want to release. And even like, you don't have to do this, but you could even have a plan for like what your first like four or five episodes look like, because then you're not, you're not having creative block after having one put out as well as it can give you like consistent like releases because you'd be like on this date, we're going to release episode two. So that means whatever we have to do beforehand for prep, we we do that to make sure we meet this date. Um, I'm a project manager by, by trade. So a lot of my stuff is always like looking at what the schedule is and working backwards from whatever we have released. So that's just how my brain works. Mm-hmm. But like you can go by the seat of your pants because you, you also may react to either how your audience you know, receives your whatever your your content is and you can kind of transition to one way or another to have it be better received but i don't think that always works best because then you think you can lose confidence or you can have creative block things like that 
Um, something else though, I have a little bit of experience working with some YouTubers because that's part of what my business is where um, we work with different groups. And so it's kind of nice where you kind of see behind the scenes about different performance metrics and things like that, where I'm not any sort of expert, but it's nice to kind of be able to dabble in it a little bit and understand like the motivating factors behind it and the contributing, like how someone makes a decision or how they want to do something creatively, like on TikTok to drive traffic to their YouTube, things like that. Wow. That is really interesting. Mm -hmm. I, I've heard a lot of feedback about YouTube being real good with the analytics part, mm -hmm. giving you all that information. Cause I know mm -hmm. with a regular podcast, it's kind of sometimes hard to get that information, especially mm -hmm. to know who exactly is listening to your content or what, how long or what, you know? So mm -hmm. it, yeah, YouTube intrigues me. How about that? Uh, so with, uh, I was going to say, when you put out content, how do you balance like your normal everyday, you know, you go to, to work, you have, you know, lots of things probably going on, not just fantasy football. How do you mm -hmm. balance it all? So luckily for me, I don't have to do the editing. That's what, that's Skylar FF Buffalo. I've offered to help, but like, he's just really good at it. And I think I would probably just slow him down. So for me, it's a little bit easier because all I have to do is prep and then sit behind a microphone for however long we take to record. Sometimes we record back to back to make it easier on schedules. So then we can release multiple episodes or cut up parts of episodes multiple days. But for me, it's just, uh, you know, I would say it's communicating ahead of time, making sure that you both you're you're taking into account the, the needs of the other people that are going to be on the pod, as well as like your own personal needs when it comes to, you know, different engagements or if you you know if i don't say need time off but basically if you need to recharge kind of plan for that like i'll take this day where this is just my my quiet day and then we record tomorrow or something like that so i think it goes really into planning at the end of the day because i don't ever want to go into a video unprepared mm -hmm. um i think there's a lot of times i can just go off the cuff like my experience to start out was no show sheet. So it really wasn't a thing for me to just yeah. be like, okay, we're going to talk about this next thing. And if I'm the one that's been paying attention or doing my, you know, my own studious research, just anyway, I won't really matter the topic because I'll have information. But if we're, if we have the ideas or the topics ahead of time, you know, just, just prepare, even if it's, you know, 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there, get, get the information down for the toxic topics you want to talk about. Cause it just makes it easier. Have you ever been nervous when you had to go podcast, be in front of a camera or anything like that? Or has it always come naturally to you? It's kind of natural. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to. I know that a lot of people struggle with that. So, like, I don't want to make it sound like, oh, I'm just a gift. I mean, because I don't I don't really think like <laughs> I, I don't really think I'm like the most interesting person or the most creative person. Like I've always I, I would say on the pods that I've been on, I, I've always been like the secondary person. So that even makes it a little bit easier because then a lot of the stuff I'm either bouncing off of someone who's the host that's bringing up a topic or this or that. But even when I was younger, I've always done like performative stuff too. Like I even did like puppet shows when I was younger or like school plays, things like that. So like just dumb stuff where um, there's never been really a thing where there's been per like performance anxiety. I, I don't know. I've always been like the outgoing person. And then I even like, when I was in college, I did a, uh, there was a competition for different skills and I did extemporaneous, extemporaneous speech, which is, they give you a topic and they give you like a certain time limit to prepare and then you go out and just perform. And I went to nationals for that. So that's not, it's just never been a thing that's really bothered me. 
at him showing me up using big words, words I can't pronounce. <laughs> I couldn't pronounce it either. I had to try twice to get that word out. <laughs> hey, but you got it. Yeah. And I mean, also, I mean, you talked about how much you were involved in sports. I'm sure that had uh, a play in you being able to get up and, and put out a podcast. I can see that. I, and a, a big thing too, my big, probably biggest impact with sports, because I was successful in sports, was that I could always put more work in. I could always put more time in. Like nothing limited me from like getting better because of the fact that it was just all about my effort. And I think that's carried over to a lot of other stuff where it's just like, I mean, you know, you might, you might tell yourself, Hey, I'm, I'm good at this. Or like, this is, I've, I've put enough time in, which may be the case, but if you're ever like, uh, we're going to say nervous or whatever, going into something, just put more time in beforehand. And I'm not saying that helps every nerve you ever have, but like, if you can go in with the confidence that you're most prepared, uh, I don't, I, I think that that only helps you. And mm -hmm. I've always had the, this is not about like preparing, but um, for me, I, I've always had the the position that everyone needs something to be proud of. I don't care what it is. It could be stamp collecting. Cause even if you look at like stamp collecting, right? Let's say you're a, an 11 year old kid that collect, collects stamps. First thing you have to do is identify the one that you want. So you have to understand like either the value of something or like why it's important or why it's important to you. Then you have to contact the person, negotiate a price, organize shipping, all that stuff. So you can look back and be like, you know what? I did this, 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 and this. And you can have confidence in yourself that you did all that stuff just by even collecting stamps. You know what I mean? So for me, I think that that gives people a lot of uh, personal confidence to do other things just by finding something that they can be proud of that they've done, even if it's just a hobby. Hey, I like that a lot. Yeah, you should have something like that. Great, mm -hmm. great, great piece of advice right there. So we, you had brought up earlier that we met and all this stuff. But I want to talk more about like the fantasy football community mm -hmm. and events that happen with that. I know that you've been doing a lot of fun stuff lately in the fantasy football world, like out in public with actual people, not just on Twitter, but out there in the real world. So let's talk about Scott Fishbowl for a second. Mm -hmm. So how... Was this your first year? How many years have you been in Scott Fishbowl? This is going to be my second year. Um, I don't really want to talk about my first year because I was really <laughs> not good at all. Just at a mulligan it. here. I uh, I drafted Russell Wilson and Kyle Pitts oh. after getting Kelsey at like 109. So I was like, you know, super high on my team. And then yeah. like, it just went to hell. So <laughs> it was not, it was not the best year. I, I was probably in the bottom like 10%. It was awful. <laughs> but okay. We drafted live this year. I was on MFL the first year, and I'm not the biggest fan of MFL. And if you like MFL, that's cool. I've noticed that MFL is really uh, more, it draws more people that are interested on doing things on their computer versus people that like to do things on their phone for mm -hmm. sleeper. I just, you know, it's, it's, it's just the way some people are wired and that's cool, whatever you like. But when right. it came to the first year, I was just so disinterested even in doing waivers a lot of the time because it felt like such a task. So like, being on sleeper this year, it's going to be way more, I say way more engaging for me. And then we did the live draft um, in, is that considered Dallas where we were at? Yeah, we were in Dallas. Okay. So yeah, in yeah. Dallas, we did the live draft and that was super fun. And I got a ton of groans when I made my picks. So either I told them, I said, either I'm going to have the best team or the worst team because I got all of your players to the, to the group I was drafting. <laughs> yeah. with. So we'll yeah. see. That, yeah, that's fun. I, that's so fun being in a live draft and being able to like banter with people mm -hmm. like that. And I think some of the things too with Scott Fishbowl, which is really important, is even of the people that aren't selected, right? 
I, what it does is it brings like charity and donation to top of mind with everybody. And I think that that influences so much about how much the fantasy community actually contributes to charity, mm-hmm. even if it has nothing to do with Scott Fishbowl, because it just right. it, top of mind. It's it prompts the um, just the nature of giving. My dad had ALS. He ended up passing away. But I remember the ALS uh, ice bucket challenge oh, yeah. and like how that went viral. And I think the not the same level of viral. Vi- is it viral? Vi- I think that's the word. I... Don't ask me. I don't know. How but to I don't know. Words. But I think that it may not be the same level, but I think it has the same impact of people then wanting to get involved, even if it's not the same thing. Like we have charity leagues that JWB runs, you know. There's also the the potathon, which everyone gets involved with. I'm a big I'm a big uh, fan of Spaceman. He's one of my buddies, and he does a lot of work with that. He drinks a lot of orange soda because of it. So <laughs> <laughs> it's always fun to give him a hard time. And then like Mike Fiella, um, I love when he jumps on because I always try to jump in the chats and like razz him. Where like you know I say something to like just be fun because we're we're in group chats together, so we like to give yeah. each other a hard time. <laughs> it's always fun to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this live draft was it your first? How many live drafts have you done in your life? I don't want to just assume it was your first. Are it we was talking for a lot of people? Are we, are we talking? Fishbowl. Yeah, are we talking just live drafts in general, like even home leagues? Even no. Do you do home league live drafts? So we used to. Okay. I moved. To, I moved to Texas, so yeah. now a lot of our stuff is over Zoom. But yeah. we used to do live auctions, which is my favorite ever when it came to uh drafts because you we play a lot of poker in our group so you get to see people's poker faces and how much they want to play or as you're bidding them up will they go the extra dollar things like that but we also did live snakes and like i would create like spreadsheets with like the ability to like count down the available dollars and things like that or like um have the snake on the tv because we would just connect via like an hdmi cord mm-hmm. so that's always been fun for me is to do stuff live because it gives you the that sense of community with your friends or with people that you get to meet. Like I didn't know basically anybody in my um, Jason's deli, Scott fishbowl group, but we all know each other pretty much now. And we laugh all the time in our, our chats and stuff like that. So it's awesome. It's so awesome that, mm-hmm. you know, so many people have the same love for fantasy football and, mm-hmm. and just to see that and get to meet people. And you brought up auction drafts. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of people are scared of dynasty leagues when they're first starting out. But I also feel like not enough emphasis is put on the fact that some I was scared off of auction drafts when I first started because I was like, oh, my gosh, everybody knows how to do it. But me. But what kind of advice do you have for somebody that wants to do an auction draft for the first time? I think it's important to get a gauge for like the size of the the team where do I have 30 roster spots to fill? How many starters do I have? Do I have 10? Do I have 12? Do I have, you know, 13? How many ever that are going to be started? Because that'll really determine like how much money you want to put into your lineup or into each player. So it's kind of like you can look at it from a percentage basis, but really I'm looking at like what the initial players are going for. Cause a lot of the times the, the notification or not the, the nominations, excuse me, way wrong word. Um, are usually the, the higher end players. So you get a kind of a gauge, either the, the, earlier players are getting overbid or they're setting the market. So you know that a Patrick Mahomes is going to cost you more than a Mac Jones, but Mac Jones, if he only costs you $5 out of a $500 budget is a steal where paying, you know, 125 for Mahomes, which still is worth it in many cases is expensive. And <laughs> you have to understand that that's going to limit your mobility. I always like to remain agile when it comes to 
auction drafts. So that would probably be my biggest thing is to to be agile. Make sure you you still have available cash because if the, the rest of the league overspends, you're going to have a lot more leverage when it comes to you know paying or buying players in like later rounds, but you're still going to get some pretty quality players because of how much others have spent earlier. <laughs> so I think a lot of it is just kind of the first little bit. I, I want to sit back, relax, kind of get a, get a feel for the other players because you might not have ever drafted with these other players before. And you might have the person that bids every single player up because they're so excited to draft that they might not get every player, but you can tell that this player is going to spend money at some point. So yeah, I think it's just getting the way the land. Also, how many players are, are being nominated at once? So like when we did our auction, our live auction with our friend group, we would literally do one player at a time. So you'd have your auctioneer, whoever was, and our auctioneers were just rotated, whoever wasn't interested in that player could auctioneer. And then we'd move on to the next player, where if you do like an online auction on like MFL, you might have 20, 30, 40, 50 players up on the board at one time. Yeah. So knowing how you want to allocate those funds, especially if you know that if, you, if you're a high bidder, you lock those funds in where you don't have access to those funds. It may change the way in which you uh, address the rest of the board where you may not be able to price enforce. Uh, price enforcing is if you think a player is too low, you may not be able to price enforce another player because then either you're, you're going to get stuck with them and you don't have any yeah. more available cash or you don't have avail enough available cash to begin with to even yeah. price enforce. There you go. There's so there's a little bit of uh, behind the <laughs> scenes of the auction at drafts and mm -hmm. how you should go about looking into that. I, I know that like I haven't done one in a while, but they were talking about doing because I was in the Queens Classic at the mm -hmm. Fantasy Football Expo, and we only did a snake draft, so we didn't actually do the auction part, the second part. So mm -hmm. maybe next year. I'm really hoping for that. But since here's a segue that I can actually do only because I was talking. The Expo, the Fantasy Football Expo is another yep. event that you were able to attend. How was that experience for you? So it's my third year going. Um, we were much closer the first two years because we each year have gotten an Airbnb. So the first two years, it was an easy walk both times over to the Hall of Fame, where now we are about 20, 25 minutes away or a little bit longer than that. So we really, you had to, uh, what do you want to say? You had to kind of schedule out when you wanted to go. Yeah. I always rent a car because I just like having the control if I want to go home or whatever, or if I get a migraine, I can, you know, yeah. safely get back to the house and then kind of do whatever I have to do. But also I, I DD when it comes to like the last couple of days or whatever, because then everyone just has their fun and we're all safe. But um, I definitely get down when I'm not driving. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I would say my third year, it's, it's been, it's been good. Uh, it's, it's kind of what you make it. And that's the most important thing. Someone like a couple of years ago, maybe last year, wasn't happy about their experience. And it was like, well, in um, even on like the first night where everyone kind of meets up at that, I forget, mm -hmm. is it Millennial Park? Is that what it's called? I don't know. I just call it that place with Canton that you can do the little stand there. <laughs> yes, I think it's Centennial Park. Oh, Centennial Park. Yes. Yeah, I think it's Centennial Park. So they were saying that, that no one was coming up and engaging with them. And it's like, well, everyone's kind of, I wouldn't say everyone, but there's a lot of people that go there that are, are not uh, extroverts. So yeah, you kind of have to open yourself up to, you know, meeting people saying hi, and then creating that, that atmosphere of conversation and openness where if you're practicing, not practicing that and someone else isn't, you're just never going to connect or meet up. Now I didn't go to the meetup this year. Um, I had, uh, 
was it we had some other stuff in the i was going to go golfing in the morning so i was just kind of <laughs> laying low at the house um but most of our other our group did and they had a great time because they were like oh i ran into this person and this person and it's funny because there's so many people in our friend group that like uh they're just in awe at some of these people which is great for them like it's just like it, when you get to meet your idols like and they're actually nice or however you want them to be however you want to perceive them to be and then they are that you know it just makes your week way better so yes. yeah i think i think it, a lot of the expo is just like you get out what you put in and right you have to you you have to put yourself out there a little bit even if you don't make content like people don't care there they just want to network connect you know have fun meet people and that's that's the idea of a social event so it just it's nice because what happens is if let's say you come in and it's your first year and you're still kind of getting used to the whole thing you have an extra two or three days to do the same thing the next day and you know converse with people things like that yeah. so yeah or you could be like me my first year where it was like crappy friday great saturday crappy sunday so like you live and you learn like i was just not in a good headspace so mm -hmm. my suggestion is if you're in if you're like that and you're kind of down and everything I, like, taking somebody with me that i knew the next year just kind of made it better for me i don't yeah. know plus i wasn't a better headspace but i don't know i just have meeting if you're but like you said not everybody is willing to just you know talk and they're not all like you they're not like no i agree yeah i agree 100 percent. and it actually probably is good if you come with a group because you probably have that one friend that always will be able yes. to be like, let me grab this person and, and then we can exactly. like interact things like that so i agree with you yeah it's not easy for everyone i just mean right. in terms of at the end of the day it, if you want to meet people or you want other people to know you or things like that it's it, it's a two-way street at mm -hmm. some point it's gotta be both because even if someone else introduces like you to someone else and you don't have you know you're not open even having conversation conversation's not gonna last very long but i agree with you and uh um i understand like I've, I've listened to other your some of your other pods that i i know that you had some stuff going on at that point in time so it wasn't really fair no, no, to no, you no 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 so, but i know what you were talking about mm -hmm. too so yeah and and you know it, it also stinks that it's like everybody has to travel there once a year and we don't get to see mm -hmm. each other all the time and stuff. Yep. I mean, luckily for me, you're not too far down the street, you know, I just throw a rock. <laughs> we literally could have recorded this in the same room. That's probably, so funny. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yes, we probably could have. And, uh, and it would be great times. It would be a whole lot of a blast because we'd I have mean, to do it on a Friday though. We'd know? have to do it on a Friday. See, <laughs> and you know, three-day weekend <laughs> but anyway mm -hmm. yeah so the expo um were there any events or any anything in particular that stood out that was you know either interesting or fun or did you go to the hall of fame what exactly did you you know what was some of the highlights there so i did go to the hall of fame for the for the first time in three years i was like i'm Me gonna too. make time for it because i was like <laughs> i have to see it once that way that way i can kind of mark it off that we i went there you know, it, it it is it's 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 an NFL museum, so you're gonna get what you get out of it. Uh, I had had fun going through it, but I don't think I have to go again. I'd rather do spend my time doing other things socially with people that I don't get to see a lot or meet new people that I you know mm -hmm. haven't haven't met before. Like I, I it was nice. I, I got to meet Marcus Grant. That was cool, and as well as like a bunch of other people. But yeah, he's one of the names that sticks out in my head right now, and. Um, I'm not like I don't get starstruck, so I'm a little bit different than a lot of people. But it is cool, like um, having the opportunity to see people. Mm -hmm. I'll say this: the first year I went, 
I was super surprised by how tall everyone is. Yes. Now, I, oh my God. Yes. <laughs> I'm six foot tall, so I'm not short, but I was expecting to go in and like, there would be a lot of like, you know, five, five, seven to five, nine and everyone's six, one to six, two. It felt like it was crazy. Yeah. There were like people that I was going to interview or that I had interviewed. Mm -hmm. And then I went up and met them and I was like, you don't get that <laughs> feeling when you're talking no. to somebody <laughs> on a video chat, you know? So yeah. like, wow. Yeah. That, that is crazy. <laughs> um, that that might've been on me that I thought that, but it was, no, it was a, it, it was an eye opener. It's an eye opener. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's an eye opener for me because I'm, you know, there's like 10 women there. I gotta like find my homies. I'm like, where are you at? Where are you at? But if we all, you know, just keep on coming guys, but every year it's going to be a blast. And, mm -hmm. and I look forward to it every year. And like you said, meeting new people, did you get to meet? I know you said Marcus, but were there mm -hmm. lots of, people that you were able to talk to or oh for sure yeah yeah and uh what's cool too is that when you know like one person you kind of get to interact with the, the, their group of friends and right. then you connect with one of their group of friends one of their friends and then you find out their group of friends so it's yeah it's it's really fun um i do wish though when we were at the what was it after the flag football game like the social at the stadium i wish there was somewhere to sit like that and drove me crazy the man. fact that it rained was like <laughs> It just, I don't know, when we got there, there were like five people there. Um, I mean, obviously it started filling in after the rain mm -hmm. started to pass and everything, but we're like, oh yeah, you know, what's going on? And all this, like they did have a, a few like tables and stuff, mm -hmm. but they were wet and then mm -hmm. it wasn't enough, obviously. I don't know, but mm -hmm. it was a lot different the year before when you could yeah. go out on the field and, and all that other stuff. So Yeah, you could even sit like in the stands and they just weren't allowing it. It was just like, no, let me sit, please. <laughs> You're like, it's okay. I can sit in water. It's fine. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That and the lines for the alcohol. Oh, the prices on the alcohol too. Woo. I know that that they don't set the, I know that the stadium or whatever mm -hmm. sets the prices on the alcohol, but those prices, man, woo, that, 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 that's, ex that's some expensive alcoholic beverages. I was driving that day. How much was, how much was everything? I don't even know. Like I got like. I think I got a just a Pepsi for like seven bucks or something. I was oh like, yeah, I remember that. I got a Pepsi too. <laughs> yeah, I got a diet Are Pepsi you... like a dummy. I've never had diet Pepsi, and it's like the absolute worst thing I've ever drank in my entire life. So, <laughs> are, you, are you a Coke or a Pepsi girl? I'm a Coke girl. <laughs> High five. High five. They don't. They're not a. They're not a Coke city. That's for sure. Yeah, I was Pepsi gonna say. Ever. Is is Pepsi when you go to a restaurant? Is Pepsi good? No, I'm, I'll take water. Yeah, yeah, I'm good with the water. <laughs> yeah. Actually, bring me a vodka soda, please. Um, <laughs> as long as it's not like I don't know, like they they were giving us tall boys, right? But they were still like ten bucks or something, or you know. So yeah, that's like, a lot. But everybody was like, "Oh, I have." I'm not going to give out people's secrets, but let's just say that people have their own stuff out in the car and they're, or they're taking the Uber home. They got a designated driver. They're like, mm -hmm. Hey, you want to come back? We're going to go hang out at the Airbnb. Like you were talking about having yeah. an Airbnb. I've never stayed in an Airbnb when we went there. How's that experience? I'm always in the double tree. So I think it's way better because I understand that like you get your own room when you're in a hotel, but like, depending on how many people are in your, your Airbnb it can depend on if you like get your own room, but like you don't have to like find out where everyone's at. If you have a group that you want to hang out with because they're mm -hmm. all right there. Right. And if they go you know, to the expo or whatever, you can go with them. So it really depends on just how the size of your group. The first house we stayed at had one bathroom. So that was tough <laughs> and it was super hot with no AC. 
but the basement was carpeted and like the day we left i was like why didn't we just like all sleep down here because it was yeah. it was huge and so that was probably my my biggest regret but we've continued to find like upgraded like buildings and the we were in one that was like a cabin this year which was really cool oh, that's dope and it had a hot tub all this stuff so it was a fun oh, time sweet. for everybody but uh we're definitely hoping to get that same one back next year but okay. the thing is when it's super far or like 20 minutes away it's yeah not as easy to be like hey yeah come back to our you know our airbnb which we invite people back but it's you know what i mean it, yeah it's more or less if they want yeah. to make that trip or not right I get, yeah, I heard a lot of people say, and I know that somebody was staying in an old school or something. There was all kinds of like, hmm. yeah, they like redid, like there's an auditorium. There was all this stuff, like a cafeteria. It's That's weird. actually kind of cool. Kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. If, and, like, if there the were enough rooms, really... you just hold like the whole expo there and have everyone have like their own room. There you go. Like that. There That'd you go. Cool. Maybe we can rent out a block of like schools somewhere. <laughs> I don't know how that, old abandoned schools. <laughs> We're just turning the expo into something fun, guys. It was fun before, but just wait until we have all these old abandoned schools <laughs> holding the event in. I'm not sure what that says about Canton having so many abandoned schools, but I'm in. I'm in. We'll do the tour. We'll do this. We'll was, do this used to be yeah, an elementary. Football. This was the old middle school. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so, okay. Besides putting out fantasy football content mm -hmm. and all of that fun stuff. What do you like to do in your free time? What are some of the things that you enjoy doing that aren't fantasy football? I like anything that has to do with water, going to the lake, going on the boat, going swimming. I have a, I luckily have a pool, so I, I do that a lot. But I love disc golf and I love ball golf as well. But disc golf's a little bit cheaper, a little bit easier access. You can go there in a cutoff, which um, if I don't have to, I don't wear sleeves because I just get really hot. Yeah. And I too. can deal, I can deal with this heat because it's, it's the humidity's way lower. Yes. Like when someone tells me it's humid in Texas, I kind of giggle because it's only really humid. South. <laughs> yeah. It's only, it's only like really humid, like at night when it's really hot and it'll like kind of fog up your windows. But like I'm from Wisconsin where it's humid, humid, where 85 feels like 115. We're down here. 115 or 105 doesn't feel like 105, I should say. But um, so, yeah, when it comes to that, any I, I just enjoy, you know, kind of being leisure and I'm not very good at disc golf, but I, I'll play every day if I could. So um, there's a bunch of courses actually between here and McKinney that I go to. And sometimes I go to courses in Frisco or Denton. Okay. So I kind of jump around uh, just to see different, you know, different areas. I have an agreement with one of my buddies, uh, Omega, that if I would win like ball, uh, best ball mania, I'd take them to go on the tour for a year. I'd sponsor him, you know, have some fun caddy oh. for a month at some events, have some fun with them because he's good. And I'd, yeah. I'd like to see what he, you know, if he could, end up garnering a sponsorship or something, which would be really fun. That's cool. Wow. Yeah. I've had a couple of friends that disc golf around here and they're, mm -hmm. they're really into it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you either cool. have, you either have the casuals or the ones that are like, yeah, I play in the local yeah. tournaments. This tournament, like that. that tournament. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and Sponsor there's a, this tournament. one of the, the best female players ever. And she was, or I should say she originates from around here around Plano and her dad, which is really interesting. I heard this from someone that was playing her dad. When he goes out, he like will like teach people stuff or like help them with their form. But he has like the greatest memory of all time where, uh, and the, I'm sorry, it's, it's Paige Pierce is the player. So her dad, he literally will remember someone from like 15 years ago about how he helped them with their swing and by name. 
and wow. you may not have seen them for 15 years, but he remembers Holy them. Wow. So yeah, wow. he's he's pretty insane. <laughs> I've never met him, but I would like to meet this guy and see if he remembers me when I'm like 60. Yes, that would be a great <laughs> experiment. Be like, I know you didn't know this was an experiment, but mm -hmm. 15 years later, I'm back. You remember this? <laughs> yeah. Just <toss> it out. <laughs> so, okay, you also brought up basketball at the beginning. Mm -hmm. I want to go back to that because I wanted mm -hmm. to know growing up, did you have any favorite players or a favorite player was there anybody that sticks out in your mind so being a bucks fan i'll say um ray allen but my two favorite players of all time are allen houston and rasheed wallace and i understand that other people like like the, the huge stars which i can, can totally respect because randy moss is my favorite football player of all time but i just love the intensity and like the intelligence that rasheed wallace had i understand he would get technicals but he was respected by every coach even opposing coaches based on his understanding of the game and that's kind of that's how i like to operate is just like um a more cerebral level so i respect that a lot and um i know they they were looking at him being a coach i, I haven't really followed nba after the bucks won the title i kind of <laughs> i've kind of done the whole like i'm good now like yeah. my my sport um destiny has been fulfilled in that area so i i kind of dropped off of basketball i also hate the way they officiate games so yeah for I, me, kinda, I did that with the mavericks when i really went in 2011 so yeah. i'll still watch but i don't watch as intensely yeah. anymore but it's Do funny because you... i uh, i was able to buy uh, part of their championship floor i think it's back here oh. somewhere actually yeah i got a gift card like two christmases ago and i was able to use part of it to get part of the floor which is actually pretty That's cool dope. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to get like a big acrylic box and put other <sighs> stuff in it because I have like the t-shirts and the hats when they got the title. So that's super rad. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Do you play um do you play fantasy basketball? I started with fantasy basketball before okay. football, but the the setting a lineup every day is just like yeah, what a task. So I, right? I I've given up on that, especially um, it, there's different ways to play. So there's like rotisserie and then there's head to head where rotisserie is just based on your rank of like all the stat lines that are, are whatever is labeled as contributing to your, to your league. It could be different per league, but, and it's just, you get points based on if you're first, second, third, whatever, how many people in your league, but it's just so much work. Cause you have to do it every day. And if you, you can kind of play it where you can drop guys that don't that are like mid to like low ranked guys on your team, but you can drop them when they're not playing for guys that are playing that can improve your stats, all that stuff. So I don't know if they've changed it since then, but yeah, it's a it's a very intense thing. I was just like, I don't really want to contribute that much time to it. We're fantasy football, I contribute a lot of time to it anyway. Yeah. But I don't have to set a lineup every day, which is a little bit a little bit more ease on your your shoulders because I'm in a decent number of leagues now and Sundays are going to be fun for me this year. Yeah, just load it all up right there. But yeah, yeah I try. Especially I tried someone... fantasy baseball. No. <laughs> well, think if someone gets hurt too, and you have like, yeah. them on like five or six teams, and you're either searching in your bench and things like that. And baseball. Yeah. I can't do baseball. Like no. I love baseball, <laughs> but like trying to follow every every player, especially when you got you know five Hernandezes and you don't even know which one you're talking about. I have mad respect for people that follow baseball that intensely because I, I can't yeah. do it. I, I love watching baseball, it, but not anymore. <laughs> but I can't talk it. I can tell yeah. you that right now. No, I, I feel you on that. I feel you on that. I like had like beginner's luck with it. And then mm -hmm. like, so I tried it again and I was like, it's not worth it if you don't win. So <laughs> like setting a lineup <laughs> every day, I, I, I don't like it. Uh, so, okay. So we know about that now. Uh, is there any other 
uh, fantasy sports that you haven't tried? Have you have you dabbled in NHL? Have you dabbled in any of these out there things? Is there anything that you've, you know, I, I don't want to say that <clears throat> NHL is, oh, NASCAR. Okay, NASCAR. so that's the thing I was thinking. Okay, NASCAR. So I don't do it anymore. I did it for a year and it was just yep. like, it's way more fun to watch where like, because I, so what I do when I watch, because I love NASCAR, but I yeah. record it. I don't watch it live because I skip all the commercials. I hate commercials. <laughs> if there's one thing you take away from this podcast is that Timmy hates commercials so Timmy much. Timmy hates commercials. So, Title up. <laughs> so there's there's times when you can like switch your lineup during the race. And so for me, I would always be at a disadvantage. Um, so I just, yeah, I just, yeah. Nope. <laughs> right, you know what? <laughs> there you go. Good for you. Good for you for getting out before you got way too into it. And then you had like 400 nascar yeah or like all these other <laughs> leagues i gotta pay attention to for different oh. sports no i'm just gonna stick to football football that, that's my happy place okay so watching football now do you have a favorite player that's in the league right now honestly i don't think i do okay because like, i was gonna ask you if you because i don't know i can see my cowboys bias coming out sometimes mm -hmm. And whenever I, that's one of the reasons I don't give fantasy advice anymore. There's probably like 47,000, but I can see that bias come in and, and, you know, I, I need tips on how to get, how to move that out of here. Like, you know, <laughs> I don't know if I can help you with that. Yeah, it's okay. I, I, there, I just won't give advice anymore. P figured it out. See how easy that was. So, okay. How about watching football with you? Mm -hmm. Let's go with that. How is sitting down with you on a Sunday to watch football or how do you do that process? I know there's commercials. So do you record it and then watch it later? Or oh, no, we, we we red zone it up if we, okay. if we can. So we'll watch, <laughs> you know, seven hours of commercial free football with Mr. Hansen. Um, I'm, I'm not like, like I, so I root for the Packers, but I'm not like the over the top Packer fan where we they can't do anything wrong and we're the best all the time. Like I'm not that that person. So I'm a little bit more. Uh, even keel when it comes to my fandom but i'm i'm i like to watch like the alignments and things like that and you can tell when someone's you know not where they're supposed to be or whatever and that's where i'm like what are you doing but like i'm not like get them like on every play like when you go to a bar and you try to watch it with people and you're just like that is not <laughs> it. No. so i i'd say i'm 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 decent to watch it with but i'm also very much like looking at the structures and like the alignments and how everyone's you know performing as they're supposed to be or if you know you don't know exactly what the play calls for but you can kind of tell if a player doesn't run the right route or the blocking's off or the guy doesn't you know hold his gap all that stuff so it's like that's the stuff i'm looking at yeah, i love you're, watching you're the offensive defensive guy. lines i love watching the <laughs> offensive defensive lines for whatever reason it's just fun for me well it's, i mean and they probably appreciate that because i don't think enough people <laughs> watch them so okay uh what about what about your friends? Do they hit you up for fantasy advice? How does that go? So in my friend group, my home, my home friend group, not as much because like I said, we just give each other a hard time. So it's more or less if I miss, I hear about it than if I get it right. But I do have a couple friends that'll ask me, like uh, we had a, a deep conversation last year with a buddy of mine who was in, in the pretty high buy-in league about Ramondre Stevenson. And so it was fun hitting that and being right on it. And then I've done some uh, like team ups with with buddies that we've won pretty big leagues, which was fun because he paid the buy in, but I did most of the drafting, so that was a good time. Hey, but <laughs> in our in our group, you know, like we'll we'll pick each other's brains, but I wouldn't say no one comes to me exactly for advice. No one specifically like targets me when they're asking questions. I may be a a person in their rotation that they ask. 
it's fun. I mean, listen to the podcast, watch the YouTube videos. Yeah, and let's drive some traffic. Go. That's how, yeah. that's how you get that advice. That's how you get that <laughs> advice. How do your family and friends, how do they feel? Or when you told them you were putting out fantasy content, what was the consensus oh look i said it um uh, with all of the with with the group well i mean no one's surprised because i talk all the time so that's probably probably falls right in my wheel range or wheelhouse i should say and um i'm pretty opinionated like i'll listen when it comes to like other people's input like i'm not dense but when it comes to like how i feel about something i don't i don't mind being steadfast when you know the information is correct so I don't think anyone's surprised if uh, I'm not like uh, wavering when it comes to however I feel about a player. And I think that's, I, I, you know, I like that about me as a trait because I'm not just being blown over by the wind when, you know, just anything changes, which is kind of nice. And I can, you know, be proud of that, that I'm not so influenced. When Okay. So if you weren't putting out fantasy football content, um, do you have anything that you think, I think I'd be pretty good at talking about that. I think I could put a podcast together with that topic. I don't know. Um, I don't think so. Like, I don't, like I, like I said, I don't consider myself to be that creative. So I don't, I don't, like I, when I uh, recorded with DeShane's, DeShane's is the star, right? DeShane's is the, is the one that influences people. He's the one that draws people in. He's, he's just a character. We go to karaoke for, for Canton. He's the guy that, gets everybody pumped up when he's singing and he does it three or four times. And we, you know, it could be an inappropriate song. He's getting old, old ladies in the bar to laugh at him. Cause he's so funny about the, the content that he picks. So in <laughs> situations like that, like I'm more of a contributing member than I am at the star. So for me, I, I can talk about a bunch of t- topics, but like to make it where I could do something consistently on the same topic, probably not just because consistent um, uploads are just, you know, putting out content. I don't think I could do that just because I don't think I have enough to say on certain topics or enough ways to make it interesting week to week. So I probably say no. I feel you. I feel you. So you brought a karaoke. Do you have a karaoke song? When you do karaoke? Oh, I, I, I do this thing where I like to watch everyone else sing because um, I can't sing a lick. No one can sing a lick. But uh, one of my <laughs> best experiences is uh, what was it? it's one of the Taking Back Sunday songs. Um, I forget, but uh, last year, not this last expo, but the year before, um, oh, it was Make Damn Sure. They had the whole bar like singing together, and it was just like the biggest sense of community, which was super awesome. And uh, Trowbridge was there, and I hadn't interacted with Jake Trowbridge before, and I found that he's a blast because we're yeah. literally arm arm in arm singing this song together. It was super fun. Yeah, Jake's a good dude. Jake's mm-hmm. a good dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and that that is so awesome. I've never been for the karaoke, and we always end up going to Cleveland that night. And mm. What's in Cleveland? Just we just go. Her friends, my wife's friends, were there last mm-hmm. year, so we went and met up with them. And mm-hmm. this year we had an early flight, so we just went up there and stayed in a hotel and wished we would have just left that night instead of <laughs> you know Monday. But it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. I think that's the consensus. Either you leave basically Sunday, Sunday morning or Saturday night, and then you just get back to your life or like you leave Monday because, you know, mm-hmm. however, however your Sunday goes. But yeah, I can yeah. see it both ways where it's just beneficial. There was yeah. one la- the year before last I drove up to because I always fly out of Cleveland because it's more expensive to go to Canton. Mm-hmm. And a friend of mine, uh, we had a bunch of time. So we went out. It was uh, Buffalo. We went out um, Skylar. We went out to Cleveland, but it had rained. So basically 
it wasn't raining when we got there, but Cleveland basically had closed down. There was nothing open, like in terms <laughs> of even bars or restaurants. So it was like, okay, I guess we'll just walk Cleveland real quick, which was still fun, but you know, you couldn't even like really interact with anyone because everything was just closed and it was a ghost town. Oh. It, was, it was weird. <laughs> I bet it was weird. <laughs> and I've been I've been to Cleveland before. Um for my birthday, I went to see a Browns Titans game with a buddy of mine who's a who's a Titans fan. So we just drove over from Milwaukee. And so that whole weekend, like we went and saw a Cavs game and like we interacted with downtown and like went to the bars and stuff. And that was super fun. But then I went here and I was like, or this time and I was like, there's, there's nobody out at all. So I guess Cleveland on like like 2.30 on a Monday isn't as lively as Cleveland on like a Friday after a basketball game. I guess not, you know, (laughs) (laughs) well, Timmy, it's been great having you on the show. I really had a blast because you're such a cool dude. You're such a cool dude. I'm glad that I've got the Thank opportunity you. to meet you and actually hang out. So yeah, that's awesome. And I've always had fun whenever we get to we get to hang out. So yeah, you know, we'll have to do it more often. So um, mm-hmm. why don't you go ahead and let everybody know where they can find you and what kind of stuff you got going on? So I'm with JWB. Um, you can find us on. I want to get this right, and I, I, this is terrible for a podcast, so I'm sorry. <laughs> but I want to make sure I get our pages right. No, you're good. So it's JW Fantasy Football on YouTube, and then I think it's JWB underscore FF, I want to verify, on Twitter. But we have a bunch of creators. Yep, JWB, JWB underscore FF on Twitter. We have a bunch of creators that contribute to that. So um, if you go to that, just go to the JW underscore FF on Twitter and you can see all the people that are retweeted and things like that. Those are, those are going to be our groups and the people that are tagged in the, in the tweets that, um, that make all the content, definitely follow them because they, they produce a lot of good stuff. Go to all of that. And we're never going to call it X. We're going to call it Twitter. That's what that's I'm, I'm never going to take that out. I'm a millennial. I can't take it out of my, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Can't take it out. Even if I wanted to say X, it's just not going to come out that way because it's just not how it's been ingrained in my brain. It's just exactly. not going to happen. Exactly. Well, I appreciate it. Timmy, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast and telling us all this really awesome stuff. Like, I appreciate that. And I'm really happy to hear that you're a basketball fan. Like, that that was my childhood, too. So, again, thanks, Timmy. And make sure. Oh, yeah. By the way, also, thanks to all the listeners. I really appreciate it. And I'm sure Timmy does, too. So go follow him and let him know that you listen to this podcast and make sure you come back next time for another episode of get real with Casey Kasem and make sure that you remember to remember. Yeah, I still can't talk. Remember to stay rad. Rad. Uh, He got it. Yes, he got it. Get real. Time to get real, everybody.